If you're Ernie Grunfeld, who do you remove? John Wall, Bradley Bill? No, you remove everybody, including yourself. In Golden State, is it Draymond or KD? Who do you keep? This is even easier. You keep both. If the question is, how do you keep Kevin Durant in Golden State? How do you make him want to resign with the Warriors? It's real simple. The defending champions need to push through all this drama and three-peat. If the Warriors three-peat, Kevin Durant's going to be in the Warriors again next season. It's the Cypher. Before we get into NBA drama, let's look at some of the positive things happening, some of the surprises throughout the league. Sacramento's 9-8, and eight, and they're relevant. The Kings have a young core of Tiaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Willie Cauley-Stein, and rookie Marvin Bagley. What I like about this core is they play with pace, there's chemistry, and you can see them developing as the season goes on. Tiaron Fox is averaging 18 points a game and over 7 assists. Buddy Heald is averaging 19 points a game, shooting 48% from the floor, and 44% from three. Willie Cauley-Stein, 15 points, eight rebounds. And of course, Marvin Bagley, 12 points a game, six rebounds, 50% from the field, 36% from three. This is a young team to look for in the future. I think they will be in the hunt this season for a playoff spot, but I think they'll fall just short. Again, though, if you're a Kings fan, this is a positive note. This is a team that's on the rise. Another surprise, and I I think if you go deeper, I think a hidden NBA MVP candidate, or at least somebody nobody's really talking about for MVP. The Portland Trailblazers are top of the Western Conference. And while I don't think they're going to sustain that throughout the season, it's impressive when you look at a team that really only has three guys that average in double digits. Obviously, Damian Lillard gives you 26 points, six assists, and five rebounds. C.J. McCollum gives you 21 points. And, of course, Nurkic 15 and 10. What they do have is they've got eight guys that give you eight points a game. And they've become a much better defensive team. I don't think Portland has enough to make a legitimate title run. They're not title contenders. Of course, they're playoff contenders, but they're not title contenders. There's still another guy away. They need another guy that can get buckets and create for himself. If Portland gets another guy that can get you 18 to 20, they're legitimate title contenders. Another surprising team, the Memphis Grizzlies. Mark Gasol's back. The big man is averaging almost 17 points a game, just under 10 rebounds and four assists. This is a big bounce back season for him because last year he started to look old. He looked slow. This year, he looks like the all-star, Mark Gasol. And, of course, Mike Conley being back is a big difference. Conley's averaging 19 points a game, six assists, shooting 34% from three. And just he's not shooting that great from two. He's only averaging 41%, but he's getting to the foul line. Mike Conley's getting downhill. He's attacking the basket. He's getting to the foul line six times a game. What this Memphis team does is it's kind of old-school Memphis. They grind it out. They slow the game down. It's a physical game, and they beat you on the boards. I like the addition of Shelvin Mack. 
I like Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson is one of those jack-of-all-trades, master of none, but he's one of those guys that you can plug in, and he makes winning plays. I like rookie Jaron Jackson. He's been rock solid, 13 points a game, four rebounds, and three blocks. This Memphis team is going to make the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to win a first-round series, but I do believe they're going to make the playoffs. It's one of the surprising teams, a team that I thought had no shot to make the playoffs, so I'll give them credit for not only proving me wrong, but it looks like Marcus Gasol is fully resurrected. But the team that surprised me the most so far, early in this season, the one that I just, I, I'll be honest, I had the Clippers as an afterthought coming into this season. And they've been one of the surprise teams. And what makes them unique, because they have no star power, is they've got three guys with Tobias Harris averaging 21 points, eight rebounds, Danilo Gallinari averaging 19.6 rebounds, and super sub Lou Williams, 19 points a game. They've got three guys that can get you 25 on any given night. And then they got a super sub in Montrez Harrell that gives you 15 points and seven rebounds. They go 11 deep. This Clipper team, of all the surprise teams this season, this is the one surprise team I think they're going to sustain their style of play. I think they're going to be in the playoffs. And you don't want to see them. This Clipper team is going to be a surprising team. They're going to be a tough out. I love the way Doc Rivers has coached this year. The balance. I I love the balance on the Clippers, too. They don't go one through eight. They go one through 12. They're that deep. If you're looking to the future, look to the future of the way Doc Rivers is coaching his team. They played with pace and they moved the ball around. I thought initially when you look at them, they look like an ISO team. But the truth of the matter is the ball moves side to side. I don't know if they're trying to be Golden State, but they're doing some very Golden State-like things. The Lakers are not on this list because they're surprising. They're on this list because you added LeBron James to a 35-win team who had Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, and Lonzo Ball Four talented young players that are still developing. You add Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson. Then you bring in Tyson Chandler, one of the best team defenders in league history. It's not shocking that the Lakers are in playoff contention. Even before the addition of Tyson Chandler, I thought with the current roster, the Lakers were going to be a 4-5 seed. And they're not a finished product. This is a transition period. They've had chemistry issues, but you're talking about a young core developing along with some veterans. So, yes, they're going to be there's going to be some slips, some slides. They're going to fall backwards to go forward. And all those things are still happening. But this Laker team is not a finished product. And I think when it's all said and done, we're talking about a four or five seed. We're talking about a team that's definitely going to be good enough to win a first round series. And should they finish better than that? How can LeBron James not be a runaway for league MVP. I think LeBron is the clear front runner for MVP. I think Giannis is right there in the hunt, along with Kawhi, Steph, Dame, AD, and Joel Embiid. And when you look at their numbers, all impressive. Dame is giving you 27 and 6. Embiid, 27, 13, 4 assists with 2 blocks. Steph's being away from the Warriors has shown his true value. And it's unique, right? Because Steph's not their best player, but he is the identity of the Warriors. Steph makes the Warriors the Warriors. 
he has revolutionized the game in the fact that you have to guard from 45 feet away. That's insane. But that's just how special a shooter Steph Curry is. Not to mention, he's underrated at his ability to drop the ball down and penetrate. Kawhi Leonard, I think, has changed the culture in Toronto. I think the Raptors are a more efficient offensive team, but I think they play with more attitude on defense. Giannis is who he is. He's a beast. 25 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 56% from the field. You know he wants to attack the basket. You know he wants to get in the post. You know he doesn't have a jump shot. And you still can't stop him. The idea that at some point in his career, this man will have a mid-range jump shot is scary. I look at most improved player of the year. And on my list, I've got Ibaka. I've got Sabonis, Josh Richardson, Julius Randle, Darren Fox, Nikolai Vucevic. I think that core, those guys are all worthy of winning most improved player. And if I had to vote right now today, I would probably give the edge to Julius Randle. 17 points a game, eight rebounds, just under three assists on 56% from the floor. He has been the most consistent player on the Pelicans, including Anthony Davis. I admit it. I had Boston winning the East. Even with the addition of Kawhi, I thought the Raptors would be much improved, but I still thought the Celtics were just a better team. I thought the Celtics were the deeper team. And when you look at what the Celtics have done to this point, they're 9-8, and eight, and they're a team that's struggling on both ends of the floor. More so on offense. Their defense has been solid. Maybe it's taken a step backwards, but it's been solid. Where they struggle at is offensively because Boston gets nothing easy. They're still last in the NBA at points in the paint. They're still last in the league at getting to the foul line. This is a team that shoots nothing but jump shots. They don't attack the basket, and I don't understand that when you've got a Kyrie, when you've got a Jason Tatum, and a Jalen Brown. And yes, once Gordon Hayward is healthy, he can put the ball on the deck as well. But right now, he's struggling. You can tell he's still not 100%. He's a shell of himself to this point. But if Boston doesn't find an offensive identity, if they don't find a way to get easier baskets, be more productive and more aggressive going down here in the paint, I think they're going to struggle throughout the season. I don't think this is one of those things where we can just look at their roster, look at Coach Brad Stevens and go, don't worry about it. When it's all said and done, the Celtics will be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think that's a lock. I think the Raptors are a more complete team right now than the Celtics. I think the Raptors know who they are. And I think that if Boston doesn't watch themselves, they're going to slip up. And Milwaukee's right there, and the Sixers are coming with the addition of Jimmy Butler. In the Western Conference, the Denver Nuggets are suffering from the same thing. They've got an identity crisis. They don't know who to play through. And this shouldn't be complicated. You play through Nikolai Jokovic. That's who you play through. You play through Jokic. He's that good. He's that talented. Your best player has got to get more than 12 shots per game. We're talking about a guy, even with 12 shots, is averaging 18 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. He's still shooting 51% from the floor, 38% from three. You've got to get him the ball more. Yes, Gary Harris and Jamal Murray are talented, and they both can score. But your best player is still your most efficient player. I think until they recognize that, 
until they play more through him instead of him being more the outside in, they're going to be a 500 team, and they should be much better than that, especially when you look at the rest of the roster with a veteran like Paul Millsap, a young, talented big like Trey Lyles. Mason Plumlee is one of the best backups in the league. Remember, Barton is out injured. Isaiah Thomas hasn't played yet for them, and their first-round pick, Michael Porter, hasn't played as well. This is too talented a team to be struggling offensively when they've got that much talent. This isn't about their talent. This is about identity and recognizing who's your best player, who's your go-to guy. That's Jokic. So there's a lot of speculation about where Kevin Durant will play next year. The thing is, there was a lot of speculation about where Kevin Durant would play last year and the year before that because he keeps signing one-and-one deals. Not unusual. LeBron did the same thing. This is what I'll say. If Golden State three-peats, Kevin Durant will return to the Warriors, drama and all. If Golden State falls short, then I think he will leave. I think Kevin Durant came into this season on a mission to help the Warriors three-peat. And I think that he, his plan was to go into free agency with an open mind. But I think that he would have leaned towards returning to Golden State, not just because they would still be on a championship run, but obviously because they had his bird rights and they could offer him the Supermax. But things transpire. Things were said in the locker room. Things were said on the bench. And the things that Draymond said, they were personal. And they weren't personal just in the moment. They were things that clearly he's felt and thought about for quite some time. And when you say that to a guy like Kevin Durant, who everybody knows is super sensitive, that's going to sit with him. He may not ever say anything else on the subject, but trust me when I say he won't forget. And if you're asking me, would Golden State trade Draymond Green? Would they move off of Draymond Green to keep Kevin Durant? Yes, they would. They would. And, And who wouldn't? We're talking about one of the three best players in basketball versus a guy who, while he's very good, is a complimentary star. You can't build a team around Draymond Green. He's very good. Draymond Green is the guy that you build around great players. But if you flip the script, if the Warriors had full knowledge that KD was not returning under any circumstances, would you trade Kevin Durant? Most people would say no. They would say ride it out and try to win this this third championship in a row. Try to get this three-peat. But here's a different spin. These Warriors, they've already won three titles in the last four seasons. And if you wanted to keep that run going, if you wanted to keep them at the top of the heat or at least in the hunt and stay that much more relevant, why not trade Kevin Durant if you know he's leaving? Why not get value for him? Why not get pieces or a player who can immediately come into your roster and help Draymond and help Steph and Clay contend for another title? I'm not saying this is something that's going to happen, but a lot of the speculation is they chose Draymond. They chose KD over Draymond, which I do believe when you look at the suspension, who wouldn't do that? Clearly, they want Kevin Durant to return. And in in a perfect world, they want all their guys to return. We talked about this dynasties usually break up from within 
and what the Warriors are trying to do, or at least they're trying to walk that line. They're trying to find a way to keep everybody. The easiest way, 3P. But if you have to do it the hard way, and let's be realistic, it's a lot easier to do it the hard way than the 3P. If you have to do it the hard way, then they're going to have to make a choice, and, and it's going to be clear. It's either Draymond or it's KD. Shout out to the Orlando Magic and the Charlotte Hornets. Both of those teams have been surprises. Both of those teams currently are playing 500 basketball. A big reason for Charlotte playing the way they are is the greatness of Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker, the last two games, 103 points. Leads the league in scoring. He is a one-man wrecking crew. No, I don't think Kimba's better than Kyrie or Dame. But he's right there. He's that explosive a player. And as a fan, I wish that Kimba Walker was on a playoff contender so you could see him in action, see what he could do in the playoffs, that he could be on that kind of stage and his talents could shine that way. I want to also say, I don't know what's going on in Philly. Who does? But the situation with Markel Folks seems to get more and more confusing. He's healthy. He's not healthy. He's got a shot doctor. He fires the shot doctor. And now he's got problems with the shoulder. He's going to get the shoulder looked at again. And now it's become a legal issue. That's just way too much drama to have a guy on your roster for less than two seasons. And already we're talking about a legal issue. First and foremost, that young man, he needs someone to talk to. I think mentally he's struggling. I think his confidence is shattered. I don't think he's ready to play basketball. Maybe the best thing for him is to get away from basketball. Not just get your body right, but get your mind right. And if the, if the, if the Sixers organization truly cares about this young man, I've said this before. Help him get right mentally and physically. Hey, Facebook fam, I didn't do any Q&A. We, we won't do that today, but I will get back to you guys. I know I've fallen behind a little bit, but we'll get back to that tomorrow. We'll do one tomorrow and maybe we'll do another one on the other side of Thanksgiving. Good looking out. Appreciate you guys hitting me up. Same for the YouTube fam. Not to mention, we're going to be doing something on Instagram real soon once H gets it in gear. It's the Cypher. Next time. <laughs>